Welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 30. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf. How are you doing tonight, John? We're back. Yeah. How you doing, dude? Yeah, as you said, we're back. It's been a while. Um, before we cover today's GCW's Drop Dead show, we uh, kind of wanted to go over a couple exciting news in the for our podcast as well as GCW. Um, so yeah, we got an exciting news. I'm excited to kind of go over it. So the first bit of exciting news is as this episode probably drops tomorrow, uh, we will have hit uh, a thousand listens for our podcast. So chances are, if you were out there listening to this, you were listener 1000. So thank you all very much for listening, yes. for reaching out to us and uh, for supporting GCW and help supporting us because we just... We kind of had the same goal as GCW. I know Brett said it on the other podcast when he was talking about uh, the next announcement we're going to do, but he's just trying to get more fans of independent wrestling as well as GCW wrestling. And that's kind of what we're, as the our podcast is kind of do is trying to get some more GCW fans as well. So thank you all for out there for the thousand listens as this podcast drops. Yes. <laughs> I got all sucked in because I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, uh, same thing, man. I'm going to say the same thing as you. Thank you so much. It is a lot of work on our end, and we're really thankful for every single person who's checked us out and all the people who've jumped on our Twitter and uh, started to follow us here. We're getting a little group together. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it is kind of nice having the group come, especially when we see a lot of these people, too, when we go to just local shows, not just GW, so. Um, that is a nice thing. Um, yeah, and thank you all too. We know we're not a, we're not consistent. We've had a couple. We'll put out three episodes a week and then kind of take the week off. But life has been happening. We are family, man. We don't get paid for this. We uh, got jobs. We got other stuff to do. But we do appreciate everyone sticking by, sticking, uh, staying, listening to us, even though we're not consistent. We are working on it. I think now we kind of. Kind of hit a groove here now, finally, where we could kind of yeah, catch it takes up. a while to do yes. it. Yeah, we're, we're going to catch up here. We uh, we have it all planned out. We might be skipping some of these, um, what was those called? Sediment, Sediment Series shows and some of the other shows that really didn't have any storylines per se with GCW. They were in Mexico. They kind of had half their card with the roster that's out there. Same thing with the Freedoms and stuff, but... As we catch up, we might throw those in there, do quick little reviews just to kind of keep the listeners out there uh, informed on what has possibly some shows that they have missed. But this will lead us kind of into our second big news of the night as GCW has announced that they have partnered with Fight TV Plus, which is their subscription program. So for $5 a month, if you join Fight TV Plus, you will get unlimited... Uh, views of upcoming GCW shows live. So you won't have to pay for the bundles anymore. You won't have to pay for individual shows anymore. Uh, the $5 a month covers all of the new shows that come out and live. And as well, they have updated a lot of their past shows. So they have like over 200 GCW shows on there, all for the fine price of, oh, I, I think I said $5.99 earlier. I meant $4.99 if I did say $5.99 yeah, yeah. earlier. But $4.99, $5, you will get access to quite a bit of the GCW's uh, past shows. I know they said they still got a lot of shows. They, they're not a lot of shows, but they, they have a lot on there already. But there's a few shows that kind of can't be found anywhere else. So I know they said they're working on getting it um, uploaded to the Fight TV library. So 
I that's exciting news for us fans because we're used to paying twenty dollars every week or every other week for these bundles. So uh, that's gonna make a nice savings for our pocket. What do you think about the Fight Plus so far, John? Okay, so I already had Fight Plus on my side, so I'm thinking here comes a ten dollar, twenty dollar subscription somewhere separate, maybe a different website or. You know, I knew it wasn't going to be IWTV. Yeah, from, that was you know, what we learned there. Um, That'll be the swerve of the century. I I honestly was thinking, you know, 15, 10, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month would give you the shows and the library or 20 bucks gives you, I don't know, something around there. But I was thinking it was going to be about a $20 hit separately. And then to find out it's just getting sucked in there kind of on my end quote unquote free basically yep. it's just my you know what i paid for just went up you know a hundredfold uh i'm really looking forward to quite a few of these shows and i'm not going to be without you know shows for a while there's a lot of pay-per-views <laughs> here dude um i went to that cagematch.net because honestly i don't have another one and same thing i we don't have any type of you know website or anything that says hey go here and no, we don't have anything like that. So I, we use cage, cage Match for quite a bit of stuff. The Nick Gage Invitational 2 was the top-rated match on Cage Match with a 9.5 out of 10. If you have a chance, go over to that website and look up what the top-rated matches, or I'm sorry, the top-rated shows are from GCW. They'll be listed there. And i'm going to be hitting through them and i'm sure b you're probably going to be hitting through quite of these two man uh quite a, yeah there's yeah. so much here it felt fun like i felt like when the wwe network first came out just i didn't watch anything the first night i just explored I'm yeah. like, oh yeah i get to watch this episode i get to watch this episode um yeah i have the same way as you i have the fight tv plus already just for the fact of there's other wrestling promotions that we do watch that are a part of that as well but they weren't showing the live videos um, you you just pay the five dollars right, right. a month, and then like they would show it live, and you could pay your the fifteen dollars for the show and watch it live and own it, or else you could wait a month after the show showed up, and then it showed up on Fight TV Plus, and then you could watch the show then. So I was in the same boat as you, where I thought I was I was willing to pay a lot more than uh, the twenty thirty. I was willing to pay like fifty bucks because I watched the GCW shows quite often, like pretty much every night if I were yeah. all caught up. So. Um, I'm yeah. still wary just in case because I'm like, okay, fingers crossed it's all for $5 because you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going, wow, that's a lot of res revenue. I'm like, oh, I certainly hope so, man. I certainly hope that it's just five bucks would do so much. Like we'd save so much money we could put towards, I don't know, save up and get a new microphone or, you know, things like that. Or go to the next GCW show in LA. Oh, hey, you know what? That Yeah, that sounds really good, too. There's that new one coming out in December, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it because, like I said, I loved it for the other promotions. I just had, I really just had it for the other promotions like Wrestling Revolver. And if I didn't watch it live, I would just wait a month and watch the show then. And it was part of the $5 subscription. So I thought that was a pretty good deal as it is. But now that GCW has been announced with this, so that's live shows will be your $5 a month. Uh, you have the wrestling revolver on there. They got Black Label Pro. They're all part of that new Fight TV Plus, where they're showing live programming for the five dollars. And I, I, that's an incredible deal. Like, I thought that the best case scenario was this, but I thought there was yeah. no shot. And I am ecstatic for it. And those of you that maybe don't check out these GCW shows, or you were 
just paying uh, for the shows as they came out for the bundles and stuff like that. You can try out the Fight TV Plus for uh, for free for seven days. And if you do try it out and you're kind of on the fence of, well, I don't know if I should do this. It's five dollars a month. And what kind of content we get in like you get the entire library and a couple of the shows I would go and su suggest, as you said, the NGI two was the, one of the top ones I, I suggested. I thought was a super violent uh, Nick Gage invitation yeah. the second one. But that was I, th I believe that was at the house. So I I liked it just because the historical value of uh, it too. Yes, yeah, uh, this one was the howl, dude. Yep, violent as fuck. Tremont versus Schlack, Mero versus Raver, uh, Daisuke Matsuoka. I I'm yep, I no, fuck that's that close. Up. No, you're very close. Marcus there. Crane, Nick Gage versus Ciclope was the second round. Uh, let's see here. Joey Janela versus Teddy Hart. Tremont versus Miedo in the second round. Gage versus Dice K in the second round. Singles match was Brandon Kirk versus Jimmy Lloyd. And the final was Matt Tremont versus Nick Gage. And that is a young Shit. Jimmy Lloyd and a young Brandon Kirk. So uh, if you're just used to seeing the JCW oh. version of Brandon Cook, Brandon Kirk, you will definitely see a different version of him back in the day when he was wrestling for GCW uh, at that time on more of a more consistent basis than he is now. So I'd suggest also TOS last year's TOS, TOS 666. 666 that was one of the most incredible shows i've seen gcw put on um and also recommend a match to me huh Re recommend to match to me what's one alex cologne uh, alex cologne and Attic uh, atticus i that was the finals and that was crazy that oh, the whole shit. tournament was crazy just in general and um I I really loved that year's TOS. That was one of my favorite TOSs. I've actually gone back and watched that quite a few times because all the action was incredible and and the violence was. That's um, another one I would recommend too if you're doing that free trial or if you just signed up for it and you're looking for some cool shows. Run, uh, Run Ricky Run is another one. I know yeah, we're, I know we're I bringing up some out. names that we shouldn't be saying anymore. Uh, oh from no! This is just these yeah. are great fucking shows. But it will provide so much to the history of how everything goes and that's mm -hmm. where i kind of dove i'm so glad for this because i was already watching these shows anyway so watching these now and going back and kind of re-watching the history of kind of how everything played out and stuff like that it's been uh been very fun to see and i'm i highly suggest uh everyone go check it out because it's definitely worth the five bucks and if you're on the fence check out the free trial as you john said go to cage match if you want to like watch their both fan, the highest fan rated episodes because all cage matches all fan fan voted um and yeah, stuff like that yeah. nothing's over by any critics or anything so dipshits like us yeah right <laughs> <laughs> our fellow fuck-ups but yeah. I highly suggest check it out. Use that week if you're into maybe trying to get more into GCW. Check it out because it's it's exciting times right now because, uh, yeah, that's a, definitely a game changer in the wallets for sure. And <laughs> to, yeah, just yeah. to go back and like I could now go back and watch some of these shows whenever I want to is kind of a, a fun feeling to have. But uh, I'm excited for the Fight TV Plus and their future that they're going to be having with Fight TV in general. And that will lead us into our show that we are covering tonight. We are covering GCW's Drop Dead. Like I we said at the beginning, we are a couple shows behind here. We got this uh, Detroit and Columbus shows. And then we got the LA show that happened this last Saturday. And we'll be all caught up hopefully before NGI this year. But this was a very fun show. Drop Dead from the Harpo's Theater back in Detroit to Michigan. And I, I, I kind of get excited seeing the Harpo's Theater like 
because they've had pretty good cards there and the the crowd there's pretty uh it's pretty intense especially when they get the violence that they that they want so i was looking forward to this card had a lot of good matches my main card match i was looking for was yamato and gresham and that d definitely didn't disappoint um i know john you have some pre-show remarks there that uh you wanted to say so i'll let you go right into them <laughs> No, no problem. Uh, the Harpo's Theater, too. I'm going to tell you, like, the history of the place, what kind of, you know, the artists that have played on that stage, just fantastic. The disco floor. Yes. I'm a big fan of, you know, fuck it. I'm a big disco fan. I think that shit's kind of cool. I love all classic rock and, and funk and all that shit, so it kind of works out for me. I really lost my shit the minute I saw the opening for GCW's Drop Dead. I... It looked professional. It was fucking hype. Like I was like, oh, this looks so good. The everything about it looked like the level of the show went up like exponentially from where it's ever been before. Uh yeah. I, I wrote that it came off professional. We need more of that. Love the opening. Everything, including the matches, looked way more important. The listed talent looked more important. And I put here, I'm going to sing high praises. And yeah, I'm definitely doing that. I have talked about this and several, several shows. You've also talked about this. And so I just want to give thanks that we were able to see something like this because it's one thing to put on, you know, you know, an opening. It's kind of cool. But it's another thing when you put on a production that looks that damn good. Yeah, I like the old school feel of it. Kind of how they just, it was like, it was nothing crazy. I just kind of like the old school, just smooth, clean, got to the point of the show, yeah. Yeah. the presentation of it. And I do like to sometimes the cold open of MLJ, I'm outside and I'm at the show. But yeah, like, yeah. I do kind of like that cold open. But I like how, as you said in the beginning, it makes it just feel like, oh, this is a big show. We got a video package. This is going to be entertaining. Yeah. And then they just do that quick little video package and then cut right to mlj saying that and i'm perfectly fine with it because it doesn't take any away from the mlj's opening and as you said it makes the show feel more important and that's how i knew right away when i saw the video that you would like this too because uh as another yeah. show that we we're going to cover here the la show when they had the video package i was like oh john another video package so we it's just yeah it makes it feel more important and it's kind of a presentation wise very appealing to us fans i think as in my opinion and if okay to use that no shit put that on on social media throw that on youtube twitter facebook wherever you can because it looks so damn good that this really would have pushed possibly some more buys or tickets to the show because when you're taking something that serious it lets others know that you're taking generally the rest of what you're doing serious also so yeah, I was I was a proud watcher that night to see that come up. I don't I don't know what hit it, but I don't know. Maybe it's just a self a little bit of completion that we were able to actually get something that we were like, okay, please give it to me. And they knocked it out of the park so fucking hard. Like it's it's a grand slam. It's well beyond a home run. I actually don't know how they can improve upon what they did there. Yeah. And that will lead us into the first match. No, it was good. I really liked it. It was it was solid, and like I said, it's just something simple that makes us fans happy. Yeah. And that leads us into our opening matchup of the evening, which was kind of a last call. Uh, they announced this match, I think, the day of or the night before. Uh, Jordan Oliver goes one-on-one -on -one with Shiho, or I think, yeah, Shiho Hong. Um, I, if I mispronounced it, I apologize. My first time seeing 
uh shiho first time hearing of his name um i read away i was like oh is he one of those dragon dragon gate wrestlers like yamato and stuff but he wrestles for a company called pws that i've never heard of that's in korea it looks like so uh i was had no idea what to expect uh kind of liked his look not nothing crazy presentation wise but a match with jordan oliver as of course is going to get my attention and right away uh opening match of the night it was a solid opener i think nothing nothing too crazy nice solid match kind of a nice little introduction and we've kind of seen this like with yamato and some of the um oh what was the other one that went against him at fight club i already forgot his name but like the first match we kind of see them when the states is kind of like a warm-up a field match nothing goes too crazy and then usually when we see them like for a second night or a third night that's when we really get to see what these wrestlers are all about but uh I was pretty impressed with Shiho. I didn't mind seeing seeing him, especially like it was a last minute. I don't think it was a replacement, but it was a last minute announced match um, against Jordan. And great way to start the show. What was your thoughts on this match, John? Okay, Shiho's coming out with the Motley Crew opening, Kickstart My Heart. Already a huge fan. I thought that was really cool. It had that old school feel. Um, yeah, I hope he comes back because I'm with you. You don't really he's not really breathing until match three, four. It's going to take a while for him to get comfortable. The fans have to get comfortable too. And then once we learn how to kind of play with each other, we're kind of, it's a lot more fun. Oliver looked too big for this ring. If you have a chance, go back and check it out because you take his long arms and legs and then you put him into that ring and you can tell the shorter ring is throwing off his stride. And, um, I was noticing, and I think Emil mentioned it, that Oliver is just getting in better and better shape. Yeah. And yeah. They had one, like one camp, not camera angle, but like one shot, like Jordan, I think he just did a kip up and like, yeah, he was shredded. Like he's, his body transformation over the last couple of years has just been incredible. And it just shows you how hard he's working in the gym and kind of how hard Nick Gage is pushing him in the gym as well. And he's pushing Nick Gage as uh, we saw we see Nick Gage with the comeback and hold the title where he's looks in better shape than what we last saw. Uh, last seen him wrestle in the ring um, at Fight Club, even though that was kind of not indicative of what, as we talked about, not what he the hard work that Nick Gage did because something happened, injury, the wind knocked out of him. But physically, he looked really good. Just wasn't able to move around yeah. in the ring in that match. But Jordan's like every time he's. He looks incredible. His his I love how his movesets evolving. Like it just every match he's doing something new, a cool callback to an old indie wrestler like Trent Acid or I was training with Nick doesn't does the boot scrape like Nick Gage. I just love seeing him constantly evolve his game and change up his uh his arsenal of moves and his body transformation. Like he's he's showing all the fans out there like he wants next in line or whatever big things that GCW has. And he's showing why they call him the young pillar because he's taking it to, to heart. He's putting it on the hard work. And uh ho I think this was a good stylistic matchup too with Jordan um, because Shiho had like, uh, they did a lot of great counters, a lot of great uh, technical ground game from what I saw that I enjoyed seeing from Jordan and Shiho. Um, going back to the ring, that's why I was kind of stalling to get to. I forgot to uh, mention. So that's the ring. The last time I saw Jordan like look too big for the ring was at an AC show. I think he was teaming with Nick Wayne or something, but he did like a coast to coast and he, uh, it's an 18 foot ring. It has to be, there's no way it's a 20 foot ring, but yeah, Jordan flew across the coast to coast, like had to like 
tuck his knees in towards his body because that's how far he jumped in where if he would have extended his legs, he might have flown out of the ring after he connected with the coast to coast. So seeing like Jordan, as you said, a bigger, the long legs, the longer limbs and the short ring, you could tell like, yeah, the stride was kind of off. Like it looked, the match was good, but like you could tell the timing because of the strides and stuff like that was just a little off, but nothing where it took away from the match. There was a spot where Shio hit this great flurry. It was around 11 minutes. He just started to speed up. He got real fast, real quick, flew to the outside. He ducked a clothesline and he hit a cutter on Jordan. And I thought that was awesome psychology by hitting, you know, Jordan with his own move and uh, total Japanese style. Fuck you, honestly. This was really more of a brawl style match. A lot of chops and strikes. It really didn't go outside too much. And I felt there were very few high spots to talk about in this one. In the old one. But yeah, our winner overall, Jordan with the clout cutter at 13 minutes. Hey, just this was a decent homework, opener. Buddy. I will say there were just a few missteps, but otherwise it was a good match. I think that any missteps that they did have in there were just either nerves, new with each other, or they were hyped because that was the uh, you know that was the opener and they wanted to make sure they delivered. This was not the typical banger of a first match. I never say that um, about Jordan when it comes to a match or when it, but this was a more vanilla style match. Nothing bad to say about it. It's just Commander wasn't flying off the ceiling and, <laughs> right. you know, shit wasn't flying out of Gringo Loco's ass. Like it was just <laughs> a very good match. And normally you get this fast flying whatever. And this was not that. And I appreciated that we had something different for once. Yeah, I was like, I, I felt kind of bad for Jordan because like right at the end, when he, as you said, the misstep, he kind of slipped on the, the clout cutter. But I think this is where the benefit of the ring being kind of small, where he kind of like, yeah, he did stumble with it, but he kind of fell right into it still where he played it off. It didn't look obviously as smooth as if he would have jumped off, but he did hit the clout cutter. I kind of felt bad for him like, oh, because it was such a, as you said, it wasn't a crazy, like, holy shit first match where you got the crowd in the first two minutes still on their feet because of everything that happened. It was more of a methodical, let's just get the crowd going, introduce a new name, get Jordan a win, the, the name, a recognizable name to give them a reason to at least cheer for the first round and get them kind of hyped, hyped up. And um, yeah, I was, I was all right with this match. It wasn't great, but I, I think it was just kind of a warm up of Kind of see what Shingo or Shiho kind of brings to the table, and I think we'll see him back in the ring uh, sooner rather than later. And that will lead us into our second match of the evening, as All Heart Blake Christian goes one on one with the former GCW Extreme Champion, Raddy Daddy Cole Radrick. And I was looking forward to this one too because obviously the two great names, Blake doesn't put on bad matches. Uh, Cole kind of. Coming back, I want to see. I want to see what they're going to do with Cole after the Extreme Title. Like, I don't know. I know he's an end. Well, they just announced him at for NGI as the ninth entrant. I don't know what that's all about because they said the field is no complete clue. at nine. So yeah, I would like. I'm just kind of interested to see where Cole goes after losing the GCW belt. They're going to bump him up to go for the Ultraviolet next. Is he going to? kind of do scramble matches and cool dream matches while they wait for something else for him i don't know kind of like what blake who like they're still trying to figure out what to do with blake after losing to moxie but um these are two great competitors i thought i was interested to see how cole would hold his own with blake i kind of put gave blake the edge here in in ring 
Um, I was wondering if Cole would kind of get frustrated and get a little extreme on Blake Christian because Blake kind of has a more technical, uh, high flying advantage over Cole Radrick while Cole's kind of now diving into the deathmatch stuff. So I was interested to see if they would play into that dynamic, but they didn't re- didn't really play up too much to it. So that's it was all right, but I did like it, this match. I thought it could have gone a little longer. What was your thoughts on this match? So I was noticing that Ratty and Blake both loved in Detroit. Blake here, not a single boo, no BS. It's strictly an AC thing. The first few minutes were really fast-paced. I felt they were really impressive. It was cool seeing Cole sped up. There was a lot of dueling chance with Ratty and Blake back and forth. This was a um, this was a real wrestling match. No blood, no weapons. This was honestly a lot like the early Cole Radrick work that we used to see before yep. before we saw the Bloody Buddy. This was old school Ratty. I like that Bloody Buddy. I totally forgot that they called him that that one time. I, that was like a great callback. Awesome. Yeah, man. That's um, the only thing I will mention. Just is this was towards the end of the match. You know what? I'll go into this all the way into the winner because it really does flow. Um, towards the end of this match here, Blake hits the one man standing Spanish fly off of the top rope and that took us directly into the finish where our winner was blake christian with the top rope standing spanish fly into a springboard 450 killer fucking finish blake christian is fantastic this was really fun both men showed respect at the end of this i think there's just a vocal group of anti-blake fans in ac everywhere else that i've seen him he's absolutely well received I I hope to never talk about it, but it's so weird that it keeps coming up. I think it's because we're just so damn confused by the whole thing. I I, I don't know. I, I think what he's doing with it now too is it could he's die off. into it, right? Exactly where where he should have lead into it that night because there was hundreds of people doing it. Now that he's leading into it, there's like four or five people doing it. So I think he's calling way, bringing way more attention to it than what needs to be with it right now. Because as you said, he's not getting booed or getting the flipped off or shut the fuck up chance anymore. He's just, he's getting cheered on, but yes, there's now the two or three people giving it to him. And he seems to kind of go out of his way, grab their middle finger, give it a kiss or, Oh no, no, please don't <laughs> flip me off. No, don't do that. Stare, but it's stare just, at them all. Yeah. Cocky yeah. In. yeah. But it's only like two or three people now, instead of the hundred of people that was in the ACC. But I, I kind of cool with them all going away of it. I really like the psychology in this match as um, like, there was a lot of cool, like faints and stuff like that, where Blake Christian, like you see him go to the outside and Cole, Kind of starts getting up and looks like Blake's going to do a springboard move and Cole Radrick try to catch him into a cutter out of nowhere. But Blake just falls right back down and doesn't go yeah. for the springboard. And like Cole's like, oh, shit. And then Blake turns it right into the springboard. I, I love that. That's the kind of stuff I like with the psychology and stuff like that. Um, how they play into it. So it's not just looking like, oh, uh, he's going to I know he's going to jump into it. So I'm going to kick kip up and catch him with it. Like Blake's like, nope, I'm one step ahead of you, even though you're one step ahead of me. I just love that was just awesome ring psychology in this match. And as you said, it was the more old, uh, the ratty daddy, not the bloody buddy kind of <laughs> Cole Radrick, yeah. which I'm fine for. Like, I'm glad he still kind of can still wrestle at this kind of high pace without the death match stuff. Because as we see a lot of these wrestlers that once they get into the death match and they kind of fall in love with it, their in ring kind of, if it's not a death match kind of seems to struggle and kind of catch up because they kind of stopped using that ring style for a little bit. But Cole Radrick, he's he looked just fine here. Even after losing the extreme title, he looks just uh 
just as fluid in a normal match as he would the death match. And Blake, yeah, he's... <laughs> I just... Blake's got to find that Alex Zane kind of character, I think, that, or gimmick that will help him go take his next step because he his in-ring is there. It's always been there. It's oh, phenomenal, yeah. Yeah. fantastic. I just think he needs like that sauce god to kind of elevate that that changed alex zane into that changed literally alex zane from just playing alex zane to the sauce god and that led him to new japan and led him to all these other uh impact wrestling and stuff like get that that gimmick elevated him to that kind of status and i think that's what blake's missing right now is just something that accentuates his character and makes people want to watch him more not just for the in-ring and now I'm kind of focused on how Cole Radrick is going to rebound from not having that belt. And I'm curious to see what's next for both Cole and Blake, because we don't see anything just yet, but Blake's important enough to be in some sort of a, you know, feud somewhere. And so is Cole. So, I'm really curious to see where Cole goes. Obviously, by his reign, it isn't a one-off thing. I, I really hope not, because if it was a one-off thing, two matches and he should have dropped it. So I think just as long as Cole just keeps trying to work on being a better person and performer, he's going to have that belt back in no time. And fuck that belt. Maybe it's <laughs> going to be the big belt. Right? Yeah. You never know. I, I actually, too, was surprised at the end when Cole kind of shook Blake hands, because I know before... The, before uh, the match when they announced it, Cole Radish like, finally, I get to fuck this dude up. Like on Twitter, I was just like, yes, I want this match. Now I want it. Blood feud. Let's go. Fuck him up, Cole. Like, I still kind of, I don't boo Blake. I re absolutely respect him. He's phenomenal in the ring. I've just kind of soured on him getting all the mic time, getting all the pushes and getting all the chances that I think other wrestlers kind of deserved. And I kind of didn't like how he kind of just... Oh, I'm done with the GCW roster. I need bigger and better names when there was a lot of names that he hasn't gone through. So anytime I heard like Cole Radrick, I'm going to fuck him up. I'm like, yes, fuck Blake up. But I still want to see Blake do incredible in the ring. So uh, <laughs> I, I just, have, I don't know. I have a weird relationship with Blake where he absolutely puts on killer matches, but I kind of do want to see him kind of get his face punched in sometimes. <laughs> it's weird. Well, his character is working on you, huh? But it's not a character. That's why, like, that's why I'm so frustrated. It's not like that <laughs> asshole. It's not like Charles Mason. Like, he's an asshole. Like, I hate him. That's his character. Like, there's a uh -huh. reason I hate him. Like, I don't have any other reason to hate Blake other than I just um, wish other people got the opportunities and him, him talking all the time. That kind of ruined it for me. But... I cannot take away the where every Blake match is phenomenal. He's so good in ring, so talented. Where I just I would like to see him do something, maybe turn his all hard up to a thousand, or turn it off and turn go into what he had vision for the Graveheart. Because I th I think that's what elevated Alex Zane to another level. Just that character, that just the character change. He's his in ring style stay the same, but his whole character change elevated him up. And I think if Blake does that. But as talented as he in the ring, he could go even higher than Alex Zane did. And I just kind of hope we see that soon because Blake is super talented and he kind of deserves a little bit more recognitions for fans like me where <laughs> seeing him get punched in the face as he still wins the match. But I still do respect his in-ring talent. But yeah, I was... I, uh, you said though, I, I'm pro Blake. I have to throw it in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm the yeah. same way too. But then I also want him to lose. Like I don't know. Like I just want to see him put on a killer <laughs> match. But hey, you you're you not had, pro Blake, bro. You had enough winning this year. You had enough <laughs> mic time. Let's start sharing the love. Your your ma match with Moxie's kind of done. 
But I, I, I enjoyed this match with Cole. I, I... <laughs> you don't like him at all. <laughs> not at all. I don't, I'm just saying you're not a big yeah. fan of his character right now. Yeah, that's all that is. Um, what you're saying is, is this character doesn't rub you right, and he's damn good at what he does, and I'm, I'm sure he's a nice fucking guy. It's just what is happening right now with him and this static area step? that he's in. Yep, exactly. What's exactly. The next step? What's the next step? Because right now he's on the fence. And I'm looking forward to him hopefully solidifying his next big step into his next, uh, his greater personality, his greater character. Yeah. Because for right now, you do not like that character right now. But that's no. okay. I was waiting for Bloody Buddy to kind of uh, get a little extreme Fuck in this up. match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that leads us into our third matchup, the matchup of the evening, which was a four-way Lucha Libre contest. As Nick Wayne went against ASF, Gringo Loco, and Commander. And yeah, I thought this was going to be, as obviously everyone did, this is going to be a crazy high-flying match. Which I'm kind of glad because like Nick Wayne, I thought this was one of the Nick Wayne's better performances because he did go into the Lucha style more. We saw way more high-flying stuff than what we kind of seen from Nick. I know he does go up to the Swanton and does the springboards but it doesn't get like too quote-unquote lucha style where in this match uh -huh. he kind of had to with the competitors in it but i thought it was wonderful seeing a different kind of nick wayne uh stylistic match as he had in this uh in this one because i know commander gringo asf they're gonna kill it no matter what and just kind of added nick wayne as a little different wrinkle i was super excited to see this match what was your thoughts on this match Oh, geez. Um, these four work so well together. They were smooth. They were fluid. If you like four ways, if you like scramble matches, this one would be one of those matches you could use an ex as an example of what a really good match would look like. Uh, ASF. This was really the ASF showcase tonight. Super impressive. I'm really happy to see him out there just killing it like this. He was in like this pink pearlescent kind of outfit. It was cool by my eyes. Commander is an absolute magician of rope magic. Uh, he looks different in white and red. He's extremely agile, a fan favorite. I wrote down that he is a future champion. I actually prefer him in darker colors like the blue and the black. Seeing him in white and red, I think Commander to me, even though he's a good guy, he has this dark something about him. I don't know if it's maybe because his outfits have always been dark. I don't know. Have you seen him outside of GCW at all, honestly? Um, Other than... No. Have you seen him before GCW? Because I really hadn't. Yes. I just saw like the two clips of him doing the ropes, and then the next week he's announced for GCW. <laughs> like That's how fast they hopped on him. was like within like Damn. two weeks I saw that. I was like, holy crap, this guy just rocked across the whole rope. And then two weeks later, making his debut in GCW. So uh, yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen much of Commander. I've only seen him like outside of GCW twice, but that was before GCW or after he already debuted. I didn't see anything of him beforehand. Um, that kind of like, gets me excited for what we could possibly see. Hopefully if... Uh, rumors are true or our wishes come true with Akingo kind of showing up to GCW because yeah he's one I've seen before where he I think he's going to bring as much excitement as Commander was like people are excited to see him and I thought he was a relatively new name where Vikingo has been this name that we've kind of heard the last year for me I've heard the last year and a half of seeing all the crazy shit he does out there in uh, AAA and 
now that he's got the U.S. passport and or visa and is going to be working in the states a little bit more often and kind of the angle that they did at the playoff with gringo loco joey janelle and alex cologne like i'm super excited that whenever vikingo does show up i want to see commander vikingo because yeah throw the psychology out the ring i don't care about the psychology during this match give me a will osprey ricochet just crazy match i i could suspend my belief just to see the awesome high flying moves that those two can do because commander is just every time he still walks across the ropes i'm just stunned that he does like someone's able to do that and like i haven't seen anyone else being able to do it other than him so we are lucky to i feel to see commander as much as we do because he's been kind of killing it in gcw and with this kind of style match it's obviously perfect for him and asf with those two in there with gringo loco like i i with asf gringo I want to see a lot more of them <laughs> go against each other, tag, fatal four ways, because every lucha style match that they do, like I'm, I'm calling it like GCW lucha, because it's like how we have the kind of the GCW style death matches, kind of differing <laughs> from other de- companies' death matches. I think their lucha matches that they do with Gringos like out of this world too. So, um, I, I think Gringo and Commander, Commander and ASF and Nick Wayne in this match as you said asf this was more of a showcase for him which is awesome a gringo and gringo makes anybody look good but he just, he makes asf look but best as i've seen anybody that gringo's in the match with because like those two are just like perfect for each other gringo claiming he's the king of this shit killed me tonight but yeah. then but but then he hits a sick j- dive and it just made me realize that he really was the rock of the group out there. And in a lot of these scrambles where you see Gringo Loco, he is the rock of the group. I don't know if he's calling a lot of these spots or if they're just, you know, but it seems like Gringo's the one where a lot of stuff gravitates around him. So um, the only other thing I wanted to mention was just on Nick Wayne's side. He was somewhat quiet in this match up until the last three minutes maybe four minutes i was really wondering what in the hell was going up with it like what was going on with him because it's so unlike him but yeah he had a few spots and he was really quiet but i understood why as we you know kept going on through the night uh you want to announce a winner i'll announce a winner what do you want to do well i, I was going to say like that's why i was so yeah. excited at the beginning of this match like oh nick wayne in a lucha style match and then like two minutes in he's already kind of out of it for the next or five minutes where it's just gringo doing shit with commander and asf which is fine but that did take away from me where i was so excited to see nick wayne i wanted to see way more of him in this kind of lucha style match and i i didn't feel like i got enough of what i opened to get but seeing him doing like the the moonsault to the outside and stuff like that i uh i just wanted to see more lucha from nick wayne but you know, he's been doing a crazy schedule of trap. He's doing all these tours with GCW too. So at that young age to be able to travel the world and do all that stuff is pretty amazing. Um, and Nick Wayne does pick up the victory as he hits the clout cutter on ASF. Oh, what do you, you want to go first nope. or do I, nope. should I, I? That's what I was going to have to say. I see that you have a, yeah. Go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. So, I just want to write this. We've said this before. We have new listeners. This is something I just want to talk about. I want to touch on it for just a couple minutes with you, and you tell me what you think. But I wrote down here that it would be nice if we had a cruiserweight-style belt. 
Now, at that point, I just wanted to mention there is a lot of talent at that level. And I'm just going to announce men who are billed at five foot eight or under. One of these may be five nine. I'm thinking possibly Akira, maybe five nine, because I couldn't get the listing on him. But everyone else here, I believe, are five eight or under. So I have Commander, ASF, Blake Christian, Tony Deppen, Dark Sheik, Mike Bailey, Kevin Blackwood, Axton Ray, Cole Radrick, Joey Janela, Alex Colon, Jack Cartwheel, Ninja Mac, if we could see him again, Yoya, Drago Kid, and Akira, when we're lucky to see him also. That right there would be one hell of an interesting cruiserweight division. That's not including any outside talent coming in. What a fucking wild ride that would be to have, I don't know, somewhere halfway through the show or in the beginning of the show, this awesome-ass title match. And, I mean, who's going to fail us? Look at this. Cologne, That's why I was Janela. just like, I was like, okay, I want to see Axon versus Blake, Axon versus Speedball again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to see Axon gets a lot of these. But I want to see a lot of those combinations are incredible i don't feel like they need the cruiserweight belts because i just don't like kind of separating the yeah the weight yeah. divisions i don't mind it at all because then it just makes it feel like like how the wcw cruiserweight was like that was the most exciting shows part of the nitros for me when i first started watching it because of all the crazy shit so i'm i'm cool with that i don't mind it but i also don't want it I know we'll kind of Brett said this with the scramble belt, kind of like, oh, I don't want to label a wrestler. And then now they have yeah, to do these yeah. kind of matches where I think with labeling them as cruiserweights, I kind of like see that like, oh, now what are we do? What are we going to do when Blake goes against a cruiserweight goes against like John Moxley? It's, it adds a lot more underdog, which they could really play into it for a positive. Yeah. I definitely like that. But I could also see like, oh, like how are we going to get this small guy to beat a cruiserweight to beat the heavyweight champion? Like, I don't like just the word cruiserweight, but I wouldn't mind it either. I mean, I'm, I don't care either way. Cause like, as you said, all the, just those wrestlers alone, I know we're probably even missing a few where um, that was just, you, I think you kind of did it off of height mostly where I think we could like, if it goes off the so, cruiser weight. So what I did was, and, and this is just off the top of my head. I took 2022. I think I took a minimum of 20 matches or 10, 15 matches or 20 matches minimum. And I believe they're all five foot eight and under. So it, it might be height. It might be, okay. you know, weight, but uh, it can't be by style because we're putting Alex Cologne in there with Ninja Mac and Mike, you know, and that's what that uh, was going to be my next statement right there. Like yeah. that's so, I, so let's talk about yep. Cologne. I put him in there not only because of his size, but I put him in there because I believe in him and he can wrestle. And I think that every now and then maybe the division could have a hardcore match. Yeah, especially when you got Cole in there, Cologne, Akira, um, Yoya sometimes yeah. kind of gets a little crazy out there. Dark Sheik, she's could do shoes down for whatever. <laughs> uh, so what? The other but, thing I wanted to mention here is sorry, but no, you're good. Uh, but you're looking at uh, out of those names I mentioned. Here's what I want to mention. I want to mention Commander ASF, Tony Deppen, Dark Sheik, uh, Kevin Blackwood, Austin Ray, maybe. Um, uh, Jack Cartwheel, Yoya, Draco Kid, those right there. What is their carrot to be dangled in front of them in GCW? And because it's really hard to look at Tony Deppin in the face and go, God damn it, man, you're good, but you're not taking out Moxley. 
You no, know, I, it's, uh, I, that's where I was just about to say, that's where I, I, holy shit. Um, that's where I agree with, <laughs> sorry, I, I have this, 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 the show on in the background. I forgot about that commander jumping off like three shoulders into a, <laughs> into a destroyer. Yeah. So that's why they call shit. Um, no, I agree with you because yeah, like you're not going to see Mike Bailey going against John Wayne murder or no Re- Rena. For the ultraviolet title, she's yeah. Bailey might be able to go against Nick Gage, but we know what that match is going to turn into. Um, as you said, like it kind of gives those wrestlers that aren't like the quote unquote deathmatch wrestlers, like okay, hey, instead of pulling you always in scrambles or always in these kind of four way matches or awesome dream matches, which I know it's a uh, that's what kind of makes GCW two is the dream matches that they put on every night almost. Like you see a new matchup every time for the first time ever, but. I like I, I agree with you. Like when what I'm rooting for Mike Speedball to win, but ultimately, okay, you won the match. Where's that going to lead it to and stuff like that? And it kind of like that's how I kind of feel with like Jordan, with some of these other guys that I think are on the winning streaks. I've been tearing it up and killing it, but realistically, I don't see you going against Nick Gage and fighting a Nick Gage style match to win the GCW World Title belt. And then if you do do that, now when you defend it, what kind of matches are you going to be in? Are you going to I've been to it like Cole Radrick and get ultraviolet every time. Or are you going to try to turn the GCW world title into a not ultraviolet belt, which I'm absolutely cool with myself because you got the ultraviolet belt for that reason. So I would like to see, I know we talked, we said scramble before some sort of either scramble or cruiserweight or like a Lucha style belt or something like that. So that way, as you said, all this tremendous, tremendous talent, Realistically, we're not going to see them in a match with Alex Cologne for the ultraviolet belt. We're not going to see them go against for those belts. So it kind of, as you said, what's the point of them keep showing up other than to have these cool matches? We want to see them have a payoff storyline kind of related of in a champion. And that would just elevate those characters or not those characters, those wrestlers way more. And obviously give the fans more incentive to kind of get behind them and defend the belt or go for the belt. And it makes these wins or losses mean a little bit more than what it does with Gringo. Cause like I said, Gringo, I don't like, he loses a lot, but then he went on a little winning spree before the collective because before his show and stuff like that. And then kind of after that, he kind of went back to losing again. So it kind of, it would make the wins and losses mean a lot more and stuff like that. But I, I don't mind it. Yes or no, either way. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't call it the cruiserweight belt because I think that does label it. But I don't. I don't know. Like I. I think the difference where I said like that's why I thought like Brett was kind of that was a lazy answer in my opinion when he said like oh I don't want to just have somebody labeled as the scramble belt but like that's just a style match like it doesn't mean like they can't do a regular match where I think the cruiserweight kind of does affect it realistically going against a quote unquote heavyweight in my opinion feel that limiting a uh a performer to only one style is the booker's fault yeah yeah i mean there's there's a simple (laughs) out of it but then i'm like like, but for the realism (laughs) part be real yeah the realism part with me is cruiserweight against heavyweight and as i mean we've kind of talked about it before where basha going against sawyer wreck not sawyer wreck but when she's in there with some of these other 
build men that are built at a bigger weight and height and bigger or heavyweight than her being the cr- a cruiserweight woman on top of everything. And the, as you said, like in those matches, the realism kind of takes it away where I think I have that same thing where it'd be your limits, your name and them are cruiserweight going against these, those bigger wrestlers where that takes away the realism for me, as you kind of talk about where if you don't call it the cruiserweight belt, but you call it a scramble belt, that scramble champion can wrestle in a regular one-on-one match. It actually should be easier for that champion to retain the belt or this match will be easier because instead of fighting against five other competitors or four other competitors, it's now a one-on-one match where they can still, uh, it won't take away the realism of that scramble champion. Oh, they'll never beat the world heavyweight champion. Like why couldn't Alex Cologne, if he was a scramble champion that just had a couple extreme, extreme, let's say scrambles, go one-on-one against a Nick Gage. Like, I absolutely see Alex Cologne being a Nick Gage in that kind of sense. So that's where it just takes away from the realism for me with that labeling of that. Gotcha. Yeah. But I, I do like point. it. Yeah, but that's a lot of great talent, as you said, where it's kind of like, yay, Speedball beat Blake. Now what? <laughs> yeah. He's not so going to go I against Gage. Out- He's just going to go against another dream opponent. <laughs> well, this, this thing with Blake and Cole that we were talking about earlier, this is a great spot where they're working together right now that could have been a storyline but since we don't have any you know anything to work with there uh you know we're not getting one I and where would out- that storyline lead up to as you said like not going to lead up to nick gage is like this at least in, th- in this situation it would lead up to a potential cruiserweight champion yeah so, well, yeah. what i did was i took out uh i took out akira um i took out one or two other names ninja mac and I think there was one else I took out. I think I took out Mike Bailey as names that can't always show up. And I still came up with a solid division of 12 performers oh, yeah. in-house. In-house. So we're talking, they can have two or three I mean, you get the Nick Wayne matches. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I didn't put Nick Wayne in because he tops out build at six six foot okay um otherwise i would have pin him in because uh his weight was a touch on the skinny side don't quote me 170 185 190 tops build maybe the 100 190 200 but i, I don't know see that's why i think sure. the impact wrestling did a fantastic job with the x division it was a style of match that you are going into that match, you're obviously going to change your style for that kind of match. It didn't label it. It was so awesome. You still got to see Samoa Joe working with uh, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, the lighter talent, but he's still a giant, and it still makes sense because in an X Division match, you want to see some crazy shit, and Samoa Joe could still do that. So I would just like it labeled a little bit differently, but that's just my opinion. That was a fun talk, though. Fun talk. No, yeah, I've just, I, I don't know method. how to now, do I was, it. I was going through that list. I'm like, oh, that, I definitely want to see Max and Ray go against all these guys. <laughs> and we said Ninja Max yeah, name a yeah. couple times. Big shout out to winning uh, the NOAA Junior Junior Heavyweight Championship out there. Ninja, Fuck yeah, dude. killing it. That was awesome to see. I just still remember when he told me that last October is when he told me, like, hey, I'm not supposed to say anything, so keep it on the low, but uh, I'll be going to Japan here soon in a couple months. So I was like, oh, shit. And then a couple months happened. I'm like, no, he ain't going over there. Maybe something fell through, and then... The announcement wow. came. I was like, oh, he was honest. He was truthful. It was awesome. Like, he was spot on with it. So awesome. I, uh, awesome scene. I was, I was chilling, I don't know, two or three weekends ago. And I ended up bumping into Dante Leon. And I'm like, dude, when are you coming back to GCW? He goes, bittersweet. But I'm going to Japan, man. I'm like, you know what? That's fantastic news. Isn't that Don't who he's defending against, right? Is that like, like the next belt? I think that's who yeah. Ninja Max defending. Isn't that great? Dante. That's going to be crazy. Like a GCW, two GCW talents in 
and pro wrestling Noah's phenomenal. That's so cool. That Future. yeah. That, that, that just reminds me of the, like the whole like the Ric Flair stuff. Just seeing GCW, long live GCW on Ric Flair's final match. It's like what am mm-hmm. I, what am I watching right now? That's so cool. Like GCW is just infiltrating the wrestling world of <laughs> working together with all these companies and making a footprint everywhere. So it's awesome seeing that. Our fourth match of the evening, which is the one I was looking forward to probably the most, other than the main event. Jonathan Gresham going one-on-one with Yamato. And I'm so happy to still see Yamato in a GCW ring at this time. I actually did. I do think that LA show, the one I saw, was uh, kind of was going away for a little bit. So that's going to be a little uh, sad to not see Yamato on my screen for a little bit. But I am so happy to see him. Like I said, he was one of those ones. Like I just like I liked his character. I like his, oh, God, I've got to perform for you, assholes. Stupid Americans. I, I, I'm out here. You shouldn't be present. Uh, blessed with my presence but here i am soak it all in and i i love your motto and gresham anytime and brett made a good point anytime you can see gresham or leo rush in a gcw ring even though they take their breaks for whatever reason it's always a treat and i'm taking this gresham run as a treat and the motto of gresham awesome it was a fun match i loved i like this wasn't the typical high-flying gcw crazy this was more storytelling in work as Gresham normally does and Yamato I think was the perfect opponent for this what was your thoughts on this match first thing I said in my notes I expect wrestling we got that oh, 100% yeah. this was a match of holds and reversals it was enjoyable seeing an old school style match this was for more of an educated fan honestly in my eyes I was really enjoying Gresham and how well he has a good understanding of the body. He has great joint manipulation. It just fantastic in-ring work. And this goes into, again, one day I'd love to see that character be just deadly on the ground. The minute he gets you to the ground, it's lights out. The first 10 minutes of this match, Gresham was in charge. Then it kind of went back and forth for that remaining five, six minutes. Yamato, to me, Honestly, he has somewhat of a vanilla character, but he's such a solid competitor that he's just able to go with anyone. I'm really thankful he is here to boost GCW, though, because he does bring a little legitimacy uh, along with him. And I really do feel like it's, it's, a ta- it's, a, uh, it's a treat seeing him. But I wanted to mention, yeah, I think it's a language barrier also, but just to me, a somewhat vanilla character, but just fucking solid, dude good wrestler yeah and i think they did a really good job with the competitors that the competitors that they put him in with um we have tony depp in perfect perfect stylist stylistic match him against mike bailey which i loved that match it was fantastic now we got him against gresham and the next two that he ends up going against is a blake christian and jordan oliver i think those are like the perfect competitors for yamato to kind of see what yamato's was all about or is all about as a wrestler because like I never heard of him, seen of him before. I don't really follow Dragon Gate, but now because of this, I actually watched a Dragon Gate <laughs> show the other night that he wasn't on, unfortunately. But um, just seeing what what he does out there and seeing what they're doing out there, it's kind of cool seeing him bringing that to the states, and especially against wrestlers like Deppin, Blake, Gresham. I won his, I was all for it, and I loved, I loved the in ring. This was one of those matches. Like I said, you could throw. For Commander and Vikingo, throw psychology out of the ring. I want to see a spot fest with no psychology. I don't even care. This one, I don't want to see spots. <laughs> I want to see 
just two competitors not letting go of each other. The Texas catch can wrestling, as they call it, like where it doesn't leave the ring. And this was, I got it during this match. And I, I do like your model. I like his, I kind of like, yes, I get the vanilla character. Absolutely. But like, I'm using, I think he's doing that. The kind of like a, like, Oh, like I shouldn't be here for in front of you guys. You guys are not worthy of me. I, I get a lot of, uh, Naito vibes from Yamato where Naito's like acts like he's above everyone else and kind of looks down on everybody but he has like the tranquilo like hey we're not going to go crazy we don't need to go 100 miles an hour we go at my pace we'll have a fun match a good match to slow down don't go crazy calm down everybody and he's kind of like the anti GCW kind of wrestler because of GCW fans we want to see go 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 action 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 where he's like no we're slowing down. We're going to have a different kind of style match. So I like the kind of contrast that he provides to the GCW roster. And these matches have been, in my opinion, pretty not great. Nothing like, oh, my God, go check this out. But they've all been very entertaining and smooth and solid. And as a worker, as I think you said, it's kind of nice to get to see him. And he's doing stuff for GCW. That's how I'm kind of taking this run. It's just awesome being able to witness him in a GCW ring because I would have probably gone out of my way to go see him because I didn't know much of him, but now I do. And now I got more wrestling to watch. <laughs> yeah. Did we announce of... the winner on this one or no? I no, forget. we did not. Okay. So our winner, John Gresham with a bridge for a pin on Yamato, 16 minutes of fucking awesome ass wrestling by now though. I wanted to write in here. I even put it by now. I'm sure the fans who want violence are getting anxious and it's coming. I know I started to see towards the end of this show why they held off and had so many pure wrestling matches in the beginning because, whew. but yeah, yeah match by match four, if it wasn't for, um, Oh, what was it? If it wasn't for the, the four way, I'd have been like, okay, when is this thing going to pop off? Cause we're spoiled as fans. Oh, yeah. It comes to, uh, you know, blood and guts and all that shit. And they've been kind of doing that late. We've been kind of, I've noticed it kind of a lot more on these cards lately where they've been building up to the violence. Like, hey, like, we know you guys want it. And this is kind of just wetting the appetite of, okay, when am I going to get the violence? And, oh, shit, I don't care who's the wrestler now. You just announce a death match. Let's get these two people in here and just cut each other up i don't care who's in it so i do like then building the anticipation because all these matches too have been different you just got a regular match with jordan and uh and shiho you got this technical match you got a lucha match with uh gresham or not sorry we got the lucha match with nick wayne commander and gringo so it's like they've been all different stylistic kind of matches which i think is kind of a good build up too to the ultimate one that everybody probably wants to see is the death matches so i did like kind of the build up to uh how the I think the card, how it was laid out, I thought it was actually kind of really good how this card was laid out this time. You know what? Yeah, you're hundred percent. It took me it took me all the way to the end to go, you know what? Cause cause we always talk about, well, sometimes we could have moved yep. uh, you know, a match somewhere. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, they, they there was some thought put into this and and I see why they put the hills and the dips where they did in this one so yeah uh i always rag every now and then about some things but yeah this is a situation where the card and the flow was well put together and i didn't know it until the end because i didn't know what was coming all the way until the end so yeah it was a nice balance to have it like it was it was like as the night went on gcw just got naughtier 
Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. and we'll go into this next match. As we said, kind of stylistically, we kind of got the high flying, the regular opening match. We got the luchadors. We got the technical. Now, fifth match of the evening. It kind of gets little not i don't want to say comedy I don't, I don't like to label them as comedy but we got to have a more fun entertaining match more yeah, than yeah. focusing on oh the great in-ring talent even though i they're good in-ring talent great in-ring talent but we all kind of know the spots that we're going to get and it's going to be entertaining and fun as we yeah. had a tag team match of team bussy going against ace burnett and mm3 malcolm monroe the third and yeah, this was this was entertaining. This this had its spot on the card. I think it fit right in. Um, anytime I see Chase Burnett, I just start laughing. And I don't. I never saw Chase and MM three team up as. I think maybe they did as like a as a trio one time. But this was an interesting tag team because off the top of my head, I can't remember them ever being a tag team. But uh, I like MM three. We're all together. Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely liked MM three and the way Chase Burnett kind of fed off of their different kind of styles of characters and especially in this match with uh fb and alley catch i thought it was like a perfectly planned and executed match um what was your thoughts on this match john you know it was really short um i like the you old fuck chance i thought that was fantastic <laughs> and i actually wrote a spot here where it said alley is bigger than mm3 he might get his ass kicked <laughs> i don't know um so the only other thing I have to say about this one was this was more of a real wrestling match. And again, no weapons, no blood. They specifically stayed away from that. And as our review goes on throughout the evening, you'll see why they stayed away from weapons. And those came in towards the end. So that's what I have on this one. This was a quick 10 minute match. And um, yeah. No shit. I'm actually lost for words. That's what I have to say. It was a quick 10 minute match. Uh, they went through their normal things. They, you know, and I, I like when team Bussy. <laughs> no, it's, you're all it good. Is what it is. It I, is what it is, man. Once you see all the tricks, you're like, all right, well, there it is. Or how it's going to be implemented. Yeah. This time. Yeah. Yeah. And Effie yeah. does a pretty good job of kind of changing it up all the time and stuff like that. Cause like, I know he does like the crotch spot and all that stuff, but I just like how like when he did it with the uh, two cold Scorpio, he's like, "What? How come you don't want a taste of this? Is it my smell? Do I smell bad?" And like, and then His he breath, yeah. yeah they're also like, "Okay, I want the kiss." And nope, you're not getting the kiss tonight. I'll get it later from you. And then it happens at the end of the match. So I do like how or he twists kind of, his nipples. Remember oh that he twists yeah. his nipples and he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I like how he switches it up. So that always makes it entertaining for me with uh, Effie. Um, I I just was reminded during this match of their tag team run of kind of like when they were on their tag team run that I got introduced to a lot of new tag teams I never heard of before of I've heard of them but never really seen much of them as like the main event and um waves and curls and stuff like that where I became fans of those teams and I now go check them out when they're wrestling for these other companies and this was another one of those matches against a team that I'd never really seen work together as a team and um that was my favorite run the part of the Team Bussy Dies Tag Team Champions run because they brought, they defended it in other promotions. They defended it against brand new teams, not just the same ones in GCW all the time. They introduced me to a lot different talent and I was very appreciative of it. And this match just reminded me of it because Chase Burnett and MM3, like I said, I don't remember them specifically just tagging with the two member team. I think I saw trios, but I seen so much wrestling I forgot. So, um, this was not fun entertaining. Chase Burnett kills me every time. Like I just love 
<laughs> I love the old man just getting his ass kicked and going back and forth with FP and, and Alley Catch and they're just take, having their way with him. But MM3, I do want to see a little bit more of him and kind of see what exactly he brings because I've seen bits and pieces of him, but I haven't really fully gotten a, a clear view of what I think he can really add to uh, these matches in the GCW rosters and shows whenever he's on them. So I do want to see him a little bit uh, more on a... Give him a one-on-one spotlight match and let's see what he could do. Like, get, have him go against a Tony Depp in and we'll be able to see exactly what MM3 is all about. But I liked it entertaining. And as you said, as the night, as the, we kind of expected what the night was going to go on, this didn't get violent, but it doesn't need to because we'll get plenty of that later on in the night. You know, I was going to mention too, he's a local boy up there. He's a Detroit guy. So that was probably, probably why they put him in the match. Who? And I... um. MM3. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's uh he's a Detroit, Michigan guy. Uh, build at 5'5", 145 pounds. Was, I'm sure we'll see him again. Was he on one of those cars when we kind of first started this podcast? Not in this venue, but we've seen him. We've like, seen him before. Yeah, I've seen him before, but like yeah. I think he was in that match where they kind of had like their like own like those four talents from that area going against SGC. Was he in that match? If I'm oh, it was one of the first ones we kind of about. yeah like the yeah. old the old uh like looks like the church that i was called it or my wife called it like the catholic church so it looks like they're in yeah. but uh yeah Shoot. i definitely want to see more of a mm3 yeah i i think you're right yeah there was like four guys it was from team it was the detroit squad yeah okay that's they were, they were that's good too was. yeah it was an entertaining match yeah, they did the they did the Detroit hello, which yes, was yes, pun- okay. conscious. Yep, yeah. that's what it was. Okay. And Team Bussy, I don't know if we said that uh, the winner or not. <laughs> Team no, Bussy no, does win as Effie hits the super sack rider on MM3 for the victory. Um, Chase Burnett though and Malcolm worked incredible as a tag team. I loved like kind of they did like the hip toss into I think MMM or MM3 did a hip toss. To Chase Burnett on top of like I think it was Alley Catches or Effie's back, and then like they turned that into a code red, which I thought was a pretty innovative and creative tag team move. I liked it seeing the old man uh, being able to flip like that. And this will lead us into our sixth matchup of the evening as the violence starts to occur, as we have iron demon shane mercer going against tommy vendetta and i remember the last time i saw vendetta i wanted to see more of him and i absolutely had the same thought at the end of this match tommy vendetta he kind of reminds me of john wayne murdoch like he's he's there he needs to be show she he needs to show that he can hold his own with the top of the top in gcw's ultraviolent kind of division or matches and he killed it in this match and mercer is absolutely killing it in all these matches he's had lately what was your thoughts on this john wow wow uh tommy is teal that's the one thing i learned for sure i do like tommy i'm with you there dude i really liked seeing him last time i like seeing him this time i hope we see him again next time they roll through detroit dude is tough as nails and i somehow accidentally put it three times in my notes where he's (laughs) tough and i had to go back and and look at it again and he just he did everything so well and he was solid and he takes those bumps so well and uh yeah god bless his body jeez uh 
yeah, Tommy was heel. He hit Mercer during his pose and beat him with that leather jacket he had. About a minute and a half, two minutes in, we had our first light tube bundle and our first blood. Mercer caught a crossbody by Tommy from like seven feet in the air. That was really impressive. This is where I wrote down in my notes that finally we have a GCW style match. Mercer crashed Tommy into like this wooden roadblock. Mercer was really the first blood. And you can see there was a close-up spot where his left arm was sliced open. And it's like about as far as you could put a quarter it looked deep, yeah. in it. Yeah, and it wasn't enough to stop. But you can see he probably got a stitch or two after the match. Yeah. I, but uh, okay. they fought around. the no, no, that's good. They fought around the arena twice. Doors came in at one point just for a short amount of minute. And the high spot I had here was that Mercer went to the stage. He picked up Tommy, presses him, then throws him down 20 feet onto a series of chairs and tables. It was honestly a good fall. And again, I put Tommy's tough. Yeah, Love him. he definitely took an ass kicking from Shane Mercer. And uh, Shane, I, yeah, he's getting up there where I think he might need a little... uh Nice little shine, kind of like how Cole Radrick got from uh, uh, being in the TOS and being uh, the death match. Because whenever Shane's doing these matches, he still does his incredible strength moves, incredible agility. But he's starting to get more creative with these weapons. Not that he's starting to. I mean, he's still being super creative with the weapons as well with his moveset. And his he's just so damn impressive. Like He's one of those ones I just can't believe... He's still not signed by like one of these quote unquote bigger companies because he's in as agility, has the look, he is great in the ring, he's super strong, and he has a very impressive moveset in my eyes. And whenever I get to see him in these, like it just seems like he just doesn't like I want to say coast for like a match or two, but then like he turns it on for like a month. But he's just on a roll lately where all these matches I've been seeing with him have he's been killing it. And I do want to see more of Shane Mercer. He's one of those ones where I think credibility-wise, could be a nice challenge to Nick Gage for the GCW World Title because he's shown he can do the death match and he's just a powerhouse and athletic he is. It's I think that'd be a tough matchup for Nick Gage, obviously, and it'll be a lot more believable match of hey, Shane might pull this out. He's got all the advantages over Nick Gage and kind of I think he'd be a good little monster to kind of Nick Gage, not David and Goliath, but uh, kind of aging vet. To, that's still holding on and trying to stay relevant and stay the champion going against uh, this super athletic and strong competitor. I think that would be a cool little story to tell during their match. Cause I don't think I've seen Shane Mercer go against Nick Gage and that'd be just a fun matchup. I was thinking during this match as it kind of was going on. That's what exactly what I was thinking of. Shane Mercer deserves a shot here soon for the DCW title. I agree with you hundred percent. I think he's one of those guys where He's shown that he's worthy of carrying a match and he's worthy of at least getting a shot at that title. All right, so here we go. I have a, uh, a new tag team I'd like to propose to you. Both country boys, both redheads. I'd like to see my tag team with Blake Christian. They're complimentary and I think they do well together. I love the tag teams that have like the power and muscle, and then the speed. I like the thunder and lightning combinations of tag teams. Yeah, because yeah. I think they could do a lot of good, cool-looking tag team moves off of that. And then when they're teaming together, you see pretty much all the styles of wrestling you want to see, not just the 
big ass dude tossing everyone around. You like to see the high flying flippy shit. And I think, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome tag team. I think, yeah, that'd be awesome tag team. I would like to see Blake, if that's the case, get a little bit more quote unquote extreme or ultra violent. But uh, heel. even if just a yeah. bigger heel, yeah, like you he don't runs, have to sit he runs there. his mouth, he runs his mouth, Mercer backs it up. Yeah, yeah, he'd be. Yeah, that's a good one. Mason, Mason style. Yeah, that'd be like Blake does all the talking, and hold up, hold on. You actually came out here, Nick Cage. Well, hold on. You don't get a match against me yet. You gotta go through the big guy over here, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then Shane Mercer could come in and uh, defend Blake. Yeah, I like that. That's a good tag team. I just, I think they're complimentary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that is a good one. I definitely like that. Um, Shane Mercer does pick up the victory as he hits like the moonsault battery, but he had like a light tube in between him and Tommy when they did it. And after the moonsault battery yeah. landed, like the light tube didn't <laughs> didn't quite uh, pop, so Mercer didn't just go for the cover. He's like, "Oh fuck this!" Picked up the light tube, hit Tommy just for good measure, and he does pick up the three after the light tube shot and moonsault and battery. I love Shane Mercer. That moonsault battery is crazy. Like he would like now. I see like it was a Hangman Page doing it. It's just not the same. Like give me Shane Mercer doing mm-hmm. it because that strength and agility just looks it looks way better when he does it. In my opinion. For our seventh matchup of the evening, this one, <laughs> this one was fun. Is it is another death match? <laughs> oh my god! As Mister Mo Atlas himself, Hoodfoot goes one on one with the different boy, Jimmy Fucking Lloyd, and I kind of miss Jimmy Lloyd. I, that's what I was kind of liking about the Japan show, seeing him kind of get crazy again and do the death matches. It seems like like he hasn't been on as many shows. Uh, coming up into this point as he usually was it kind of seemed like he took some time off probably to heal his body or whatever but um, now that he's kind of back in the fold he's kind of going right back into the death matches where I think that's where he kind of shines um, in these death matches and holy shit was there so much glass in this one like the big tip part of this match for me was just the aftermath of the ring after this match of you don't oh, this is yeah. a black canvas Great black canvas, and by the end of this match, you can barely see. It looks like a white canvas with a couple black dots on it. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Lots of and then red, yeah, little yeah, red here too. and there from blood. Yeah, uh, uh, you can't say little with hood foot. As soon as you poke him, yeah, he's, yeah. I'm always worried he's gonna bleed to death just with a little poke to the light tube because he just Ugh. bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. But this was this was fun. This was a great match. Um, what was your thoughts on this match? So you're right. Jimmy was gone. Jimmy left for cigarettes and Jimmy came back. <laughs> um, I saw I saw barbed wire boards, panes of glass, chairs, tubes everywhere. Hoodfoot is back in Detroit after his injury and the fans knew it, too. Plenty of Hoodfoot chants have went on out there. So here we have another match where it was a touch more extreme, let's say. And I'm going to go ahead and give that minute by minute go through so you can hear what went on and um, you can earn a little respect for each, you know, nasty freaking thing they did here. First of all, I'm going to tell you this is less than eight minutes long and they packed 12 to 15 minutes worth of shit in this match. Glass alone, they packed a ton of glass in this thing. And B is not, he's not um, stretching the truth here at all. That ring was completely just covered in glass by the end of this match. So here's how that went down. By minute one, Lloyd drop, dropped kicks Hoodfoot through a pane of glass. 
hood foot. Then at that point, he was he'd gotten busted and he was cut with tubes on his head and back. Lloyd was drawing blood on close ups. Honestly, I like that. We talked about that before, yep. where if you're going to get that close up, you better do something with it. Otherwise, it's just going to look like fake shit. And Jimmy Lloyd did that on close ups. He drew blood. He was sitting there poking him with it, making sure that he got something from it. Also, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Emil. They said light tubes were ultraviolet pixie sticks. Yep. Never heard it before. Yeah, it was Emil. Yep. I love that comment. <laughs> uh, minute two. Yeah, we're not even on a minute two here. Minute two, Hoodfoot was dripping blood. I had to write that because there was a point where he put his head down and you could see it coming from the forehead, down the nose and off of the chin. And I'm just like, man. This guy's tough as shit. If something like that happened to me in the kitchen right now, I'd be like, let's go to the hospital. Lloyd got put through a pane of glass after that. There was a touch of wrestling and a lot of setup in this match. So minute four, we're going to go to Hoodfoot got put through another pane of glass. Hoodfoot was bleeding Abdullah the Butcher style. A lot of this match was setting up for the next big pane of glass. So minute five, Jimmy was on the top rope. More glass setup which was what happened in two minutes six. Hoodfoot lights the glass on fire with lighter fluid. Jimmy gets thrown through the flaming gas <laughs> glass, and you could actually see where Jimmy's ass literally caught fire for a small amount of time, as in he took the bump, got up halfway off the ground, and you can see he was patting his backside, trying to get that fire to go out. And then lastly, minute seven, Hoodfoot had this huge elbow through a pane of glass onto Lloyd, which ended up having our uh, final, let's see here. Yep, into our winner, Hoodfoot. Saito suplex into the corner through glass, and that was it for Jimmy Lloyd. And again, this whole canvas was white from glass, dude. Loaded eight minutes. And I wanted to just say, uh, I spoke to Hoodfoot about a week or two ago, and um, he's healing up. He's fantastic. What a nice freaking guy. Uh, down the road, we hope to speak to him on our podcast. Um, that's for me to put together with him. But in right now in kind between the two of us, it's something we want to do. And uh, we really hope that happens. But the last thing I put on here and I 100% sincerely, sincerely believe this. Hoodfoot always earns his paycheck. Yes. <laughs> always, man. Always. Uh, awesome, dude. Yeah, this was, this was fun. As you said, it was a short match, but I think, as a view, it did not need to go on any longer. I think the aftermath. No. You just see the aftermath, and you're like, what the hell just happened here? This was a 30-minute death match, and they had to use 100 tables because there was literally glass everywhere on the canvas and lots of uh hood puts blood on it as well like when he bleeds too he kind of scares me because the way his blood seems to coagulate like kind of stick together and like leave these big giant like blotches pools. yeah blotches and pools yeah on the ground it's like man every time i see him doing that he's like not only is he just like bleeding like that he's still rolling around in the glass with all those cuts and uh blood just everywhere and hoodfoot is crazy like i yeah if we ever get him on i would definitely like to talk about kind of like that little run of uh bad luck he had with the bad injuries but kind of like what goes on in his mind as that's kind of happening and like the recovery process oh, because yeah. he's looks like he's always one of those ones like even that really bad one the last time they were in detroit he got cut up on the arm 
He was like, no, just take me up. I'm good. We'll finish this match in three minutes and then I'll take care of it after that. Or then was like, no, like you got to end it now. Like this is a bad cut and it, we can't let it get worse. And he just has no quit in him. And he, I love seeing him because he puts, as you said, he's definitely earns his paycheck. He risks his life every single time. And he does seem to get kind of get these bad injuries. But I mean, I don't think that's any fault of his or any, any competitors. It's just the way his style is and his the way he just kind of just brutal. Yeah, bleeds easily or cuts up easily. But I love that Abdullah the Butcher uh, comparison. I don't think I ever really thought about that until you said that. So I thought that was that was a good little comparison. And seeing Jimmy Lloyd's face of panic once he uh, realized his ass was still on fire, he's like, put it out. Like, come on, guys. What are you guys just doing here? Put it out. Like, he, you see him, he wants to roll on it, but then he doesn't want to roll around in the glass because it's like his ass is on fire and it's going to be rolling in glass. Like, that's not going to be a good combination. And that's where I think Jimmy Lloyd, to me, his facial reactions, and this could be part of his uh, being a child actor when he was younger and stuff like that, where he makes some of these incredible moments feel a lot more intense and serious as what it probably really is because his selling is just so crazy but i'm not saying that oh you got your last ass lit on fire like you got to sell that shit like that probably really does scare the shit out of him because the clothing and everything else and all the stuff that could go bad but i just think his the way he sells those kind of uh over the top spots adds a lot more to the drama and storyline in my opinion but this was fun. This this felt like a Jimmy Lloyd match. I was happy to see Jimmy Lloyd kind of look very comfortable in this setting. Not saying that he doesn't, but like seeing him back in the setting and kind of, he looked 100% to me in this match. So I loved it. And it seemed like Hoodfoot was 100% too. Because my first thought too was like, oh shit, like is he good now? Because like last time he got hurt, he came back, got hurt again. Like what's going to happen this time? Hopefully everything turns out all right. And it did. And it was great. I I definitely loved it. I thought it was a... Very good match to kind of get the crowd hyped up for the main event. And our main event of the evening is for the GCW Tag Team Titles, as it is a DLC match. Doors, ladders, and chairs. SGC specialty. And it is a triple threat match as Los Macisos go against SGC, going against Alex Cologne and John Wayne Burdock, the champions, the Mega Bastards. Um, yeah, I was a little skeptical, but then, no, I'm not. Give me Los Macisos, Mega Bastards, SGC. Give me some sort of combinations of them all day long. I don't care if I've seen it three times in the last three months. I want to see it again. And especially in this kind of DLC match, uh, I knew shit was going to get crazy, and it got crazy <laughs> very very fun violent entertaining match. what was your thoughts on this match john okay i think we all need to take a deep breath because this was a thick deep big big match okay so 21 minutes for a for a headliner this was a great match SGC came out first. They had that raucous opening with the fans. It's a party every time SGC is in the house. Macisto's out next. I love the music. I don't know what the hell it says. Dude, Brant, have you heard the music? I've heard it, but I don't know what it says either. I just vibe to it. <laughs> uh, Mega Bastards then had the long steps entrance. Did you see that? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, they're entering, like, coming down the steps, old school style. I thought it was kind of cool and different. So everybody gets into the ring before the match starts, and quote-unquote, the stream goes down. So 
Mansur grabs the microphone from Emil and he says that WWE just threw him off the air. And Murdoch says that this never would have happened on IWTV. And there were a couple other things I think that were set off and on that I think I kind of heard. And then they came back live, quote unquote. So I felt that was somewhat interesting that they kind of shoved that in there. Like that. I, I loved, I know it's weird. I love that whole part. I remember when I, I think I, it was either that night or one of the nights when uh, shortly afterwards, but I asked you like, Hey, did you see what that was said? Did you see yeah, what the yeah, hell that yeah. like they broke the fourth wall? I loved it. I kind of, I'm going to say it. I don't care. I know you didn't say it. I'm going to say it because I really don't care because I loved it all. So, yes, they uh, go like, oh, our, wait, Mance, like Mance Warner kind of killed it, t- killed me on this one. He's like, took the mic from Emma. I was like, hold on. You said we're, li- or we're not on the air? Oh, they, as you said, WWE, they must have kicked us off. Like They already got rid of us. So that's kind of calling back. If you heard on Twitter, they were last week or two weeks ago, there was kind of a lot of commotion with this whole kind of streaming platform being announced that the running joke was that GCW, because of Brett Lauderdale's very friendly relationship with St- Stephanie McMahon, that GCW has reached an agreement to go on to uh, the Peacock and join WWE Network on the Peacock. <laughs> but then it, like, I, I don't know. I don't understand the journalism here because I thought this was pretty outrageous that somebody actually went with what was said um, for this. But yeah, Joey Janela has been like teasing Check out WWE Raw. They a lot of like the Brett, Joey, and some of the other wrestlers were kind of like leaning into this, like, hey, yeah, we are going to WWE kind of thing. And a I don't know how a couple wrestling uh news outlets out there kind of ran with it where Brett's like, Yeah, we uh we're going to the Peacock and this is it. And the internet <laughs> the wrestling internet kind of went crazy believing it and even like I said, the wrestling outlets are like, oh, breaking news, GCW yeah, working. That's in- how much they don't know. Yeah, exactly. All of those educated news people and podcasters like us, but they knew so little about this subject that they didn't think about it, research it, look into it at all, and and even think it's plausible. They knew so little about wrestling as wrestling uh, journalists that uh yeah that went out everywhere that's so lazy yeah and they uh even brett kind of added fuel to it it's like someone wrote like oh well like now that you're going to do your 12 shows a week so they they announced like oh they're going to run 12 shows uh a year it's going to be streamed on peacock blah 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 and even brett made a comment of Oh yeah, can we? We also and someone a fan wrote like, "Oh, I hope we don't see KG." And Brett's like, "Oh, we signed KG to a new contract," and even that got posted out there where everybody thought yeah. that KG was back and everything. So, um, <laughs> lazy, yeah, absolutely lazy. So they kind of broke the fourth wall here before this match with Mance Warner saying, "Oh, they're on the Peacock," and then I love John Wayne Murdoch's like, "Oh, this shit wouldn't happen if we were still on IWTV." I love that yeah. whole thing, especially now after seeing kind of the fight TV stuff kind of happen and stuff. I love that. And then Alex Cologne takes the mic. Oh, yeah, KG got an extension. So I loved that how they kind of called back and had fun in the ring before the match. And then they're like, and we're live. And then the crowd goes nuts. And you see the wrestlers <laughs> all like start laughing and stuff like that. But the funniest part to me was Los Macisos standing in the corner. They're like, we don't know what's going on. They're just like shrugging their shoulders, waiting for the match to start. And like, <laughs> like I think they were even trying to give them the mic. And they're like, we don't know what to say. We don't know what you guys are doing. Yeah. Right now yeah. so i loved that whole part before this match i kind of 
thought it was a very cool way to kind of enjoy it, make light of some of the situations, even though some of these situations to us kind of hit a little bit closer than what I wish they would have said and would have not have said on uh on that part of the show, but it was all entertaining, all in good spirits, I hope, and it was fun. I kind of like them. <laughs> I kind of like them acknowledging it at least. But uh, yeah, go ahead and go do the rest of this match because it was, it was oh, crazy. So much. We'll yeah. be going back and forth for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what made this important to me, and what I thought made this match um, have so many possible endings, is the fact that all three teams have held the GCW tag team titles that are in this match. So whether it's Macisos, the Bastards, or SGC, they can all carry gold. Yep. Without a doubt. The opening minutes started with topes everywhere. The split screen was on damn near immediately because there was no way to cover everything on just one camera. I saw barbed wire. Uh, ringside, I noticed it was really tight for fighting. I was really surprised that they had this kind of match, but they made it work and it looked really well. There was a lot of chaotic fighting going on throughout this match. And I noticed that there was a huge contraption being built with doors, then chairs, then doors. I noticed that a couple times. I, I don't know if they're double deckers or two yeah. stories or what they want to call them. Um, I noticed about five minutes in, I wrote a note that said, these guys have to be really sore. Um, there was a spot where everybody went up on the stage there they were fighting all of them up there at one time i really can't stress enough how much this went all over the place i think they touched everywhere but the bar the <laughs> That's uh, surprising the, with sgc dude yeah and exactly right of all the places they didn't go the uh contraption i was talking about with the door and then the uh, chairs and then the door again. That finally got used. Cologne went through the doors via fireman's carry by Miero. There was another second level uh, door bridge that was built into the ring. And Mansur put John Wayne Murdoch through that door bridge. Cologne was repeatedly beating on Miero with a door until the door fucking exploded. If anyone has a <laughs> chance to go see that, it's fantastic. I don't know how many shots it took, but he was damn near in uh, probably eight, nine shots. He took with a door straight, just bam, bam, bam. And you could see the door just falling apart as he's hitting him with it. Uh, Cologne puts uh, Mieto through a pane of glass with this sick ass destroyer that if you have a chance to go check it out, please do. 17 minutes in, and I'm surprised this much has happened in a small area was something that I wrote here. The light tube standoff with all three teams towards the end was intense because there was just glass swinging everywhere. And then finally, for the last two minutes of the match, it was primarily Los Macisos and SGC brawling. I think that's excellent storytelling, and I hope that goes further because they really did show that there's more between these two, and they really didn't need a third team involved. So I want to see where this goes, and I hope this goes a hell of a lot further. Yeah, I think there was a lot of storytelling in this match. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know we kind of talked. I, I, I don't know if we talked about it or maybe I'm just thinking in my head, but like, I don't like to see the same matches over and over, same groups. But when it's like these competitors, the Los Macisos, SGC, and the Mega Bastards, I want to see it. I want to see more of it. And as you said, the way the ending kind of happened, um, I kind of loved where they... And go with that because they kind of told two different stories 
with that one ending. And I think two those is really good because it's going to separate um, kind of the repetitiveness of these same competitors fighting against each other while also leading to other stories with one other team. I don't want to spoil it because I know we haven't got to the end of it yet, but... Um, spoil it. Okay. Spoil so, it. So, Los Mestizos... <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll make it easier for me to explain what I was going to say. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Los Mestizos do pick up the victory as they pin Matthew Justice for the three counts, and they are now the new GCW World Tag Team title holders. And you start to see, um, after that, little friction between the Mega Bastards again, which... Kind of, we all kind of were expecting because hey, they shouldn't have been a tag team in the first place, but they decided they work well together. They won the titles and blah blah blah. I liked it because now with that Los Mestizos fighting SGC and beating SGC for the title, and Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch kind of fighting, I think that's going to lead into um, NGI. I think that's going to tell a lot of stories where John Wayne Murdoch could kind of finish his story with Alex Sloan, which I think is going to be good because Alex Sloan has his uh, hiatus coming up here soon. He's going to take a little break. I think that's a perfect person to kind of have send him on the break with John Wayne Murdoch based off of everything that has happened this year with them being like literally how the year started was them just fighting and getting personal and having crazy matches at the beginning of the year to being thrown together as a team and having it work out. So now, hey, no, we really do hate each other. Let's go back to how we did it because I can't stand your guts no more. I'm tired of pretending to be fake and friends. And I think that's going to be a good way of John Wayne Murdoch sending, hopefully, sending Alex Colon on his little hiatus as him kind of getting the upper hand to that feud and ending that feud. Um, and seeing where Alex Colon, when he comes back, he could kind of come back at as maybe going after Nick Gage or whoever's a world title holder. And if he comes back in incredible shape and kind of healed up and able to do his stuff at the top level again, I think that I think that would be good for Alex Sloan to kind of bump it up and go to the world title while still leaving um, John Wayne Murdoch to kind of do his thing on the, not undercard, but like ultraviolet division with those wrestlers. But I think it's cool seeing Los Macisos and SGC could kind of now start fighting again with each other for the tag belts. And now hopefully the tag belts will start being defended against different teams as uh, we can kind of see that's going to happen here in the next, in the future that we <laughs> the next couple shows that we'll cover. But I, I love the ending because it broke off, broke it off, ended it with new champions where two new storylines were created. And I thought that was a creative way to kind of end this card and this feud and end the tag title match with kind of leaving it up in the air with a lot of questions as and fans. That's a good thing because now we get to do all this fantasy booking and well, who goes this? What's going to happen now? So I absolutely love the ending. As you said, I thought it was a very creative way to do it. Yeah. I appreciate the depth because yep. that's what it really is when we're seeing these things. So I appreciate the story. I appreciate the depth. I hope it goes somewhere fantastic and we're there for the ride. I'm guessing there was at least 40 plus single tubes used in this match. There were a few bundles. I saw roughly eight plus doors, 12 plus chairs easily, if not more. A few ladders, barbed wire, and I put ETC because I'm sure there's a couple weapons I'm, I missed somewhere. 
there were a few huge bloody glass spots on the mat and same thing glass was everywhere nothing as much as the hood foot match oh, yeah but there was just so much this match did not have a slow or a quiet spot whatsoever if you were bored with one fight you can just watch one of the other two that were going on at the same time i'm really happy with it um there was an announcement after this by Joey Janela. Was there anything else you had to say about this match before we go into that at all? I just loved how it made it feel like a DLC match. There was a lot of doors, a lot of ladders, a lot yeah, of chairs. Yeah. I, that, I, if you're going to name a match like that, it, I, I definitely lived up to its name. And I, I kind of like how they kind of do that because I was watching the other night the high incident match with the Briscoes going against SGC and having them climb up top and doing a cool move with a high... I incident, so I, I like how they lived up to their the names of these matches because it's kind of that's the point of these matches is to add a lot of doors, ladders, and chairs. Where I mean, we've kind of seen we saw a match with another company where, uh, I think they labeled it as a street fight death match, and literally all that was involved was a trash can. <laughs> so it was kind of like, where's the death? Where's the violence? Where's the street fight? It was all in the ring mostly, and then just one trash can. So it kind of took away from the whole, created this buildup and didn't live up to the hype where these matches have lived up to their hypes with the specialty matches. And I love seeing GCW kind of doing that with all these matches that they do. But yeah, this is a cool announcement. Go ahead and I'll let you do the announcement. All right. So we, uh, we cut to a different video completely, and it shows Joey Janela standing in front of this big old gorilla. Is what I'm thinking that was, right? Yeah, I'm like going that. out of memory. Yeah, I don't have that in my notes. But um, he has an important announcement. He announces that the collective will be in Los Angeles this year, and the DDT will be coming across the ocean from Japan to the collective this year coming up. So he said that DDT wants a war party. I don't know what that is yet. We're going to try to figure that out. But for anyone interested, this is LA, The Collective, Thursday, March 31st, 2023. It's going to be fantastic. And I hope it's everything that our imagination gives us. Yeah, I, it's going to be fun. I the DDT, so they're doing a DDT versus GCW show at The Collective. And then I... Pretty sure that DDT is having their own show at the collective as well, but we'll probably see a little GCW influence as we normally see at the collective pretty much on every single card that night where a lot of that talent from GCW is going to be all over um, their card. But I thought that was cool. It's a good way to start announcing the collective. I've been kind of waiting <laughs> for the collective tickets to be announced so I can start kind of setting it up because I do plan on going to the collective this year and doing all 12 events or whatever they have this year because um even the 2023 just 2023 one huh oh yeah you're gonna do all of them oh yeah Woo! definitely that's what i was about to say like i just i last two years of the collective i sat at home and took like the days off of work just to kind of watch all the wrestling and just enjoy that whole weekend because obviously it's not yeah. just gcw that weekend it's every promotion <laughs> imaginable there, yeah so there's yeah. like just shows 24 7 that whole week so um having it being at the ucc again this year um and having it being that close i kind of decided i want to go there and see it face see it one-on-one -on -one because like i love going to all those shows i love when they came out here to vegas for with wrestling revolver and black label pro and our local promotion like i just love all right let me plop my ass down here i got 12 hours let's enjoy all this wrestling and kind of uh seeing all the craziness that's happening and 
it's just fun sitting at home watching it and enjoying it. I can't wait to be there in person, enjoy it all, and uh, see it all live and in person because it's going to be fun. I've, I'm actually looking forward to That's like the next big thing I'm really looking forward to is the collective because hopefully I'm going to get tickets to uh, go there. But with DDT being announced, I'm kind of wondering what other companies maybe um, they could kind of bring right. over too. I was kind of hoping maybe a little TNT action, bring over uh, De Reese and Leon Slater. <laughs> That's kind of what I went to next. I was like, oh, if you're bringing DDT, you were just in the UK. Let's bring TNT over too. Let's really make this a party. It's possible. You never know. And for just kind of uh, kind of wrap this all up and uh, go back to the beginning. If you are checking out Fight TV Plus for that $5, as of right now, I know someone specifically asked, well, what about the collective? Are you going to charge extra for the collective because it's 12 shows in three days? Or is it part of the Fight TV Plus? And they said, like, Brett Lauderdale literally just responded, yes, it is included in the five ninety nine. At this point, I think it might get bumped up. The $4.99, up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I keep saying $5.99. Sorry, yes. That's okay. The $4.99. I think it might be bumped up to like $10 by the new year just because of all this stuff and to kind of make up the money. But I'm even, still okay with oh, that. Yeah, $10 a month, yeah. and you are gonna you get to see every GCW show live. At any time you want to go back and watch a GCW show and kind of get the storylines and kind of get more into the background and history of stuff, like that's where I love. That's where I loved this all stuff. I was just going back and like, oh, I want to rewatch that show and this show. And I, th- I even told you, like, hey, what's some shows to watch? I was like, hey, well, what are you looking for? You want to watch like how Nick Gage and RSP kind of – all came together and how Cardona and Moxley got into it. You can watch all these shows, boom, bam, and then kind of get a feel for it and be more invested as a fan. So I think for the four ninety nine, the Fight TV Plus, with this collective coming up, it's going to be fantastic bargain, a fantastic uh, shows to get your money's worth. And I am looking forward to the collective, and hopefully we get a lot more news uh, for the collective coming up here soon because I cannot wait to go to it and kind of get all my plans situated <laughs> i uh yeah as long as uh mickey mouse gets his money at the end of the year here i'm game for 2023 um i'm definitely gonna want to find out where you're staying because i need to find a good hotel out there and yeah i'm picky i have to have a decent <laughs> place like i do i travel with a freaking cooler like you know what i mean i know how to do it right so that i'm comfortable wherever i go so well, for this la show yeah. we kind of stayed we stayed at a different spot which was farther away but uh i yeah, you're switching it up yeah hopefully get a little bit closer because where we used to stay was like literally a 10 minute walk to the ucc center from where we used to stay t- uh for the la shows and yeah, I'm excited because I, I just went to the LA show this last weekend and I it felt good to be back in the UCC Center. Um, I saw a lot of good changes happening with the the way the show was ran and the way Brett... Talk and- about that, dude. Seriously, because we actually, we talked about this where you were saying that things are a little so-so sometimes because, not because the GCW fans, but because every now and then you get a fan who's just you know, not paying attention to the rules or not being considerate. And I think it's worth mentioning. You definitely should touch on that because when you see an improvement towards something or when someone puts effort towards something, especially that kudos to him for doing that, because this still is kind of a family thing. And it's nice to see when full grown adults are reeled in a little bit to make sure that, you know, everybody can enjoy themselves. Yeah, uh, I was gonna wait till the LA one, but I could quickly do it now. Like he, uh, yeah, why not? Some, like obviously, 
this is not just GCW related. It's not just LA related. It's not just Ukrainian cultural center fans related. You go to an event, people get drunk, people get annoying and tend to ruin it for other people. And one of the shows I was at earlier this year, the heartbreak that weekend, the shot collar weekend, uh, wasn't too enjoyable. It got a little out of hand with kind of stuff going around and wasn't really handled. But this time there was lot more Fucking handled yeah handled i made it as a fan a lot more enjoyable felt a lot more not comfortable but hey i, I don't want i won't have to possibly ask somebody hey you like you're in general admission i paid for this front row seat but you're standing in front of me blocking my view can you please move out of the way and then arguments happen oh, i paid for this well no you paid for general admission i paid for front row kind of I don't mind if you stand next to me, just don't block me kind of thing. And that was all handled this time. Uh, yeah. There was no nobody getting too crazy, getting in the wrestler's face and kind of blocking other, like I said, it's just for the fans that paid for the ticket. I felt like this time I got my money's worth. It was very enjoyable. I didn't have to worry about possibly starting shit with some of the people out there or asking stuff where they might think like, Hey, like, who are you to ask this kind of stuff? Like I paid just money, just like you. So I just like how everything good was that, handled. It's good. That's not a problem. Yeah. The fans anymore. Yeah. The fans, the fans were good. It was just like, even like, even some of the ones like I saw them kind of like, Hey, don't do this or watch it. I was kind of even shocked. Like, Whoa, I don't really understand what they did, but at least they're being proactive instead of reacting way too late or, as I've kind of seen, not acting on it at all. They kind of letting the yeah, yeah. fans kind of dictate it themselves, which sometimes doesn't turn out good for everybody involved. It kind of goes to the more aggressive and more uh, outspoken ones. So it was it was nice to see them being way more proactive and keeping everybody where they need to be while still enjoying the show. So I I did appreciate that and enjoyed it and. Um, and thank you yes i can't wait to hopefully get that same treatment at the collective because i know that's going to be a very crazy show for (laughs) for however many shows they have out there for those three or four days i think it's three days i can't remember if they did a sunday show or not but um i'm I'm excited i i have a crew of five and those are going to be five front row seats and one of the first things i asked you because we kind of know how la can be sometimes not not la some of the people can be in crowds they're a little wilder out there but one of the first things i asked you was you know how was it this time because i'm thinking like is this a place where i want to take my wife is this a place where i want to bring three kids that are teenagers to in their early 20s so um i'm happy to hear that a lot of that did get dialed back and handled appropriately because like i said here i'm sitting with all this money in my pocket i'm ready to spend i just need to know that when i get there it's not going to be a problem yeah it sounds like that's getting fixed yeah and a lot of the fans do do a great job of hey like oh shit i didn't know i was standing in front of you my bad like sorry yeah yeah yeah. exactly like and that's awesome yes there are the ones that kind of like show up 45 minutes late to the show and go and bully their way and push their way in front of people that have been there since literally the doors open. We're the first ones in. And then you just come in and just kind of own the place and do that kind of shit. So um, it is overall, it, this one was way better than, like I said, the last one I went to, because that was kind of the reason why I didn't want to make the whole trek out to LA. And you know, it's this time I actually hit the traffic. Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's, we're big fans and it had us questioning buying tickets. Yeah. That yep. is really the point to be made here. 
was that we're questioning buying tickets and we put all this time into a podcast. We care this much. And that has us questioning when the when the fans are questioning, the hardcore fans are questioning. It's good that this is getting cleaned up a little bit. And that's why I love the GCW fans, because it feels a lot like a mosh pit. Like, hey, holy shit, Blake's about to go flying into us. We got two seconds to get the hell out of the way or we're all getting taken out. Or when people get taken out right away, they're helping each other up, moving their seats yeah, back. Yeah. Hey, I grabbed yeah. your jacket. Here's your jacket. So overall, yeah. yes, exactly. So overall, it's always really good. It just... The last time there seemed to be, and I mean, that was the night that Joey <laughs> started a riot. So that kind of fed into the fact as well with the way the way the way the fans acted that night was fine too. That like, that wasn't just it; it was like during the show. It kind of led. You could feel it as it was leading up to like, oh shit, something bad's about to happen, and that's when the riot kind of started. And I, I'm doing air quotes with the riot. Like, yes. There were some things that probably they wanted to have that reaction and seeing all that stuff, but I'm pretty sure Brett didn't want full buckets of beer and ice being chucked at Xbox, who's laying on the ground, <laughs> still trying to sell the injury as Joey Janela standing there. So yes, you want that That's kind of reaction. Why it gets fixed. Yeah, yeah. You want that kind of reaction, but then also there becomes a point where like, hey, like why are you throwing full buckets of beer? in there so i liked it it was enjoyable i will go again because i very much like the way they handled it and the fans that we were sitting next to this time were awesome like we know we know one of them i knew the other one kind of like not know him but knew them from the patreon stuff so i kind of felt comfortable sitting like hey i know this person really is here for the gcw show they're not just here to get messed up and see blood 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 like they want to see great wrestling with some blood at the end <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward to this though yeah, I am looking forward to Collective, seeing what DDT brings and maybe what other companies uh, possibly show up at. And that is it for Drop Dead. We have a couple of memorable moments. I have a kind of a short list this time, so I'll uh, let you kind of go first. But overall, in my opinion, enjoyable show. I liked it. I thought it was kind of a good setup to kind of what's happening in NGI coming up here soon. All right, so my memorable moments. Uh, the opening video package was fucking sick. If they can just keep something like that going, I don't care if the fans have to throw in 25 cents like, and just kind of throw it to the guy just as a little thank you. I definitely do it because it does affect the show. It looks good. If I have people over and I want to show them GCW, that was a great foot forward. Um, the four-way match was really impressive, very entertaining fast paced and i think it was a great example of what a four-way match should look like gresham yamato classic match style beautiful mercer vendetta Vendetta's tough i do want to see him again the hoodfoot and lloyd match eight fucking minutes of brutality it was fantastic the main event i just put down here an epic battle of violence <laughs> uh that's what I have to say about this. I had a little something to say about each one because each one was just unique. And this show really did bring the violence. Yeah, definitely picked it up at the end. Uh, my memorable moments was, I like how I said, the differences of each match kind of leading up to the ultra violence at the end. I kind of really liked how the card was paced and set up. Um, Blake Christian, Cole Radrick was a fun match. I was kind of hoping it would lead to something else between the two, but... Who knows what happened? What might happen in the future? Uh, the Lucha match was fun, entertaining. We just wish I would have saw a little bit more of Nick Wayne in that match. Gresham Yamato for me was lived up to my expectations. It was fun. Um, both 
both wrestlers d- told an awesome story during the match. Had a very smooth and clean match, and definitely want to see. I wouldn't mind seeing this uh, being ran back again at some point in the future. Um, Shane Mercer just he just seems to be on a roll to me right now. I'm getting a, I'm starting to feel like how when Cole Radic was starting to get a little bit momentum right up until he did that death match uh, against Orn Vite. That's kind of how I'm feeling with Shane Mercer. Like he's like one really really like. I don't know the one spotlight match away from ascending to the next level as uh, Cole Radrick did. Jimmy Lloyd Hoodfoot, great, awesome eight minute death match. They fantastic, lots of violence and great entertainment with all that violence. And the DLC match, anytime I can see Los Macisos, Mega Bastards, and SGC go at it, I am down for it. And that lived up to the DLC hype. And I excited and kind of looking forward to see what happens with uh the mega bastards and to kind of see if los Macisos and sgc still battle over the tag team titles but fun show fun overall show i i enjoyed it uh that leads us into the next night which is uh the moment of clarity i think that one was in columbus if i'm not mistaken but another uh, fun Midwest card the next night that they had, and we will be covering that on the next episode. Um, yeah, Commander versus Shane Mercer. <laughs> That's what we're covering next, and you I, know that isn't going to go well for Commander. And I, 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 that's where I like Shane Mercer. Like he doesn't, he's one of those ones too. Like Cole, like you don't need to do the death matches, but when he does, it's very impressive seeing him still do his innovative and uh, like athletic and strength like strong style of wrestling with the deathmatch fuckery going around i'm all down for that and love seeing shane mercer doing that um the, the one match i will to want to talk about the next one is the the tag match between the young pillars and mega bastards as it kind of yeah. got ruined because of this night but i thought that they did did a pretty cool storytelling during that match as well but yeah we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about on the next match or on the next uh night yeah 30. I was going to mention that we haven't seen Billy Starks for a while, and she's going to be on this next match, so or on this next show. That'll be that'll be good, also. So I think I'm looking I, forward to that. I think we mentioned it too, like right around the end of the summer. It's like, hey, we might not be able to see Nick Wayne or Billy Starks again as often as we have been over yeah, the summer yeah. because of school start back up and stuff like that. But that's why I think it's so cool of seeing Nick Wayne um traveling to japan traveling to the uk with them and stuff like that and getting all this experience and all these different kind of uh styles of matches that he's been doing it i think that's very cool of nick wayne still being able to do that while still <laughs> i think he's still attending school i don't know the whole situation but uh for someone at that age to still travel and do as much as they're doing outside of the states as well as world. yeah exactly yeah. like that kid is enjoying life and he deserves it because he's worked hard and I he I can't wait to see what he kind of grows into as a wrestler. In the- oh, uh, that will we be- did it. Yes, it was fun. We're back into <laughs> it. Uh, we will be doing um the next episode, Moment of Clarity. We're probably going to be doing that Saturday over the weekend. So we'll keep an eye out on our Twitters and social media for that because we'll try to get that over the weekend or out over the weekend as well. And then we'll probably cover. The GCWLA show hit him up uh, early next week. Try to get all caught up for the main shows before NGI. And then maybe at some point, like I said, next week, maybe we'll cover, quickly cover the settlement series, the Mex- uh, the shows in Mexico, and the JCW versus the world. 
And oh, I forgot about that the one extra freedom show that they added kind of late too. Um, but if you are listening out there, you have not signed up for Fight Fight TV Plus, please do it. Or if not, do the trial. Check it out. Check out some of these shows. As John said, go check out Cage Match. You want to go off of what other fans have rated these shows? Go check out the highly rated one because I agree with like the NGI two, the TOS six six six, and the. Run, Ricky, run. Those are the one of my top ones I kind of always go to as well. So uh, please go out, check it out for the free trial. You'll see that those that five bucks will definitely give you a lot of content and a lot of uh, enjoyment and entertainment for that month. On behalf of myself <laughs> uh-huh. and Mr. John, John J. J. Wolf. Wolf, we will bid you adieu and we will catch you on our next show. Moment of Clarity from Columbus, Ohio. And as we always do it, get it right one of these times. Long, Long live, live GC. That wasn't bad. W. w. No, fuck it. <laughs>